Hello and welcome to Phil's Breakfast Metal episode 92. So much like a few episodes ago where I had Donovan on the podcast, I've, I'm joined by another friend from the Into the Combine backstage lounge this week. This time I've got uh, Michael Tote with me. Um, and the idea for this episode was he recently mentioned to me that he's discovered a load of really good metal from Mexico. And I realised, sort of thinking about it, outside of three bands, I know nothing from Mexico. That's the Chasm and Cenotaph, who are like related bands, and then obviously Disgorge. Outside of those, I've got, I kind of had nothing. So I was really interested to to be kind of educated on the scene. So yeah, Michael, do you want to tell us how you sort of got into this scene recently? Yeah, absolutely. So I had, um, I mean, r- really just like a parallel realization that I, I knew the chasm very well. Um, like Infernal Conjuration is a band that came out fairly recently and had an album that I loved. But uh, yeah, so it, it actually came out of my, my girlfriend and I were throwing around the idea of like going down to Mexico City. And I was thinking like, oh, what kind of music would I get while I was down there, you know? And then I realized like, well, I can't go down there and only be looking for like Chasm and Cenotaph records. Um, Like, I want to actually know what I'm looking for down there so I can find some real hidden gems. Um, Yeah, so then I just kind of started, I pulled up like a list on on Rate Your Music and one on Metal Archives and just kind of started running down and uh, trying to do like one release kind of per band. and yeah, so putting this list together as well, like it wasn't, um, I, I kind of just picked seven that I really liked that I thought gave a, gave a sense of like, just kind of what's going down genre wise there. Um, and, and I mean, you can really find everything just like any, any country that has a lot of metal obsessives, pretty much everything is happening down there. But, um, but yeah, I, I extracted like seven that, um, aren't the most historically important necessarily um but are just some of my personal favorites and i feel like give a give a good representation of some of like the unique sounds down there as well cool yeah so th- this is a really decent list but yes yeah, we're just going to run for it it's in no particular order these are just i think we've, we've got seven albums and an ep of just cool stuff from like quite a variety of years as well so yeah do you want to kick us off with the first one then yeah sure uh the first one and uh, this is also our our first embarking on, are we pronouncing any of this correctly? Um, I, I believe it's Hakavitz or Hakavitz, one of the two. Um, H-A-C-A-V-I-T-Z for the folks out there. This first album is, I, I think it's pronounced Katoon or Katoon. Um, and it, it's very much, um, you know, just to like give people a touchstone off the bat. I think Angel Corpse is a good thing to kind of call to mind for this. It's, it's pretty dang fast. Um, like lots lots of blast beats has some sections that are pretty like marduk adjacent maybe but but what i really love about this album is uh is the way they handle like the vocals it kind of has that like negative planes first album has that insane amount of uh like delay and reverb where it, like you know it kind of sounds like somebody's just like gibbering into your ear well <laughs> just like a totally insane person ranting and raving at you um i love that approach uh, across all sorts of genres and i found that like this album in particular just really conjures a cool atmosphere yeah i i, I thought this one was absolutely amazing like again i hadn't heard anything about it before it's a weird one when you first put it on because it starts like it is such a raw sound like I got this I thought it was almost going to be like a kind of war metal album for the first couple of riffs like I, 
But, like, once you adjust to the kind of harshness of it, it's actually this really kind of nuanced writing. Like, they get really varied on it. Like, they, yeah, it mostly is fast, like, hyper-blasting black metal, but they have these quite atmospheric passages. Um, I think it's about four minutes into the first track, it, it slows down and gets, like, really kind of... Like, just, like, cool-sounding. Um, like, I even got weird, like, Nagurabunjit vibes from some of, like, some of the passages in this, despite a lot of it just being this really harsh take on black metal most of the time. Yeah, and it's, um, one of the funnier things about it is that when I was, like, trying to kind of find information about this out there, a lot of people were referring to it as, like, a straight-up death metal album with black metal influences, which I found so strange, because I... I just heard black metal from the get-go, like with some with some thrashy influences in there. Uh, but you're like absolutely right about the nuance. And while it doesn't do like quite as insane samples and stuff, it, it has like that sound collage quality that I think Funeral Mist has a little bit, where there's there's just so much going on. And um, but the, but the thing they really nail, like like you talked about in that first track about four minutes in, is that these songs still move and breathe like in, in these really long arcs that you can still parse right like there's kind of a ton of insanity going on in all the various tracks but the but the the songs themselves i find like are pretty memorable um despite the fact too that it's like it's it's not a short album it's right about 50 minutes i think yeah it, it was like it was one of the ones that i think like yeah, I initially got a handle on, like, very quickly on first listening, because there's so much variation and, and like, nuance to the tracks. So I was like, yeah, I, re I really remembered the structure on second listening. I was I was expecting things to happen, which, for music this intense, is quite, quite unique. Also, this is definitely the band that's got the most sort of connection to stuff I know, being that the main guy behind it is Antimo of Disgorge fame. Yeah. Wouldn't recognize him on vocals, though. No, no. And they, they actually do seem to be, like, one of the more known quantities. Um, they had a release on Dark Descent. Um, not this one. So they've, like, they've definitely had some exposure. Um, and it, it, this was one of the bands that was a little bit easier to, like, find some information on. Um, and classically, I can't call to mind the bands right now, but their drummer is in, like, seven different projects. He's one of those drummers. Yeah, he's in loads of stuff. So both him and Antimo, when this album came out, were also in Impiety somehow. Oh, wow. The the Singapore-based black metal band, which I'd love to hear the story of how those two are related. And his, the drummer, uh, Oscar Garcia, obviously not that one, um, his younger brother, Edgar, is the guitarist in Discord, and the guy who's kept that band going post-Antimo quitting. So it, these guys are clearly like, well and truly kind of rated in the scene like they both seem to be but they got long metal archives pages both the guys from this band yeah yeah they they definitely have a pedigree and i think they overlap with um with like shub nigaroth as well which is a, another band that um it's just like it's it's crazy how incestuous these bands are um like you could i at one point i actually thought about attempting to like make a diagram like a crazy person of just the various connections and i was about like five minutes into that before i realized like this is just a waste of time <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i think with those brutal death metal bands they often get so kind of incestuous with changing lineups it is impossible to track yeah the, uh, another thing about this album that i just loved was um it has a really evocative like album cover um it's like it's it's a strange one it reminds me of like actual early 
kind of Marduk album co- album covers, but um, but it, it it nails the atmosphere. I feel like so well, and you get that you know like the classic Mexican pyramid there, and then um, yeah, I, one of the tracks as well I know is is in like their indigenous like pre Hispanic language, which um, oh wow. And yeah, once you once you start matching up like crazy delayed vocals, occult themes, and then like you know pre-colonial languages, it all starts coming together into this like really cool crisp picture, right? Um, yeah, atmosphere on this one just I can't get enough of it. Yeah, that 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 is definitely the main selling point. Is like it just creates this incredible. It's why it's, I find it so weird. It's listed as death metal because I just I can't think of much death metal that has this bigger leaning towards atmospheric uh, kind of stuff yeah like i mean there's like dead congregation kind of stuff like that that leans on the atmosphere but it's not at all in the way that this is because this is that like very airy production sounds like it was recorded outside almost you know yeah Um, one of the funniest things about it is that so this was actually reviewed on pitchfork of all places oh yeah which i thought was just so strange um they didn't like it very much uh and it, they compared it, and it, initially I thought this was absolutely insane, and I still think it's it's a wild comparison to put in a review. But they compared it to Hate Eternal. Um, I thought it was just unbelievably strange. And then I realized like some of the lead passages and the way that they spring off the rhythm guitar like does have some rutanish angles to it. But but you know it's like. It's so distant from that style, though, because it's not even close to the tuning that Hate Eternal would play, and the production is miles away. Um, it's like only vague hints. Well, and also, the big thing about Hate Eternal is their drum sound. They are one of those bands who have the wall-to-wall, like, double kicks are dominating, like, half the mix. One of my notes on this band is, the kicks are really oddly quiet on this album. Like, the, as you say, that thing of, like, them sounding outside, that the drummer does sound a bit far away in places. And I don't know whether that's just like, you know, dodgy studio setup at the time, but it actually kind of suits because it means it doesn't have that kind of, like, kind of more sterile death metal production, which probably wouldn't do this band any favors. Yeah, and it, I think it really works for it too when like you have those muddier moments where you can almost kind of lose the drums, or you know, they're just in that blast beat groove, so they're just you know, kind of kind of blurring by. But then there'll be those moments where like some instruments drop out or something and you'll just get like a quick staccato like machine gun snare action and it just sounds so good. Um, and it's really one of those albums where it's like I feel like I'm listening to the album cover and I'm always a sucker for like that kind of experience when there's like a good lineup between production, aesthetic and like visuals. Uh, that's that's always going to hook me. Yeah, no, I, I think that was one of the one of the things that I, this had over pretty much everything else on this list is that perfect, like, yeah, the cover just totally fits it and it is a really cool piece, however kind of simplistic. Um, have you ever checked out anything else from this band? Because they're one of the, the few on here that have got quite an extensive career. This is their second of five albums, I think. Um, I actually haven't. So one thing <laughs> that I did to preserve my sanity is when I kind of clung to a release from a band, I was like, okay, I can't go down the road of like then trying to weed out which one of these releases I like the most. Um, from what I understand, it sounds like they actually do kind of lean into the death metal elements a little more as they progressed. Um, I don't know how they're... I'm, I'd be very curious to hear how the rest of their albums are produced. Because um, I can see how you would, how you would start extracting that. Um, 
Uh, I know David Bradley from the Into the Combine Lounge. He he is familiar with the Dark Descent release, and I, I think he said it's it's a pretty solid one as well. Oh, cool, cool. I, there'd definitely be one post this, like, go and check out the rest of their discography over time, I think. Like, yeah, this was a really impressive one. Yeah, next one is a uh, blood-soaked frost image. So this is, I, yeah, yeah, this is definitely the oldest one on this list. Yeah. Um, I I came about to this album through um, drawn and quartered's like main writer uh, posted this on Facebook. Said he loved it. Um, I looked up like when it was from, which is 1993, and I immediately thought like, well. If this had any hand in like influencing Drawn and Quartered, who I'm a huge fan of, then I really want to check it out. Uh, and it was like really apparent off the bat that this really informed some aspects of like of what they do. Um, it's it's pretty classic death metal, um, but it's from that sweet spot where like it's before death metal got too crazy. It's like pretty straightforward. It's like punching directly at the gut level, you know. Um, and similar to if people are like familiar with that Cenotaph album, the Gloomy Reflections one, it has a stupidly massive guitar tone that is just <laughs> incredibly overpowering. Um, yeah, so actually that guitar tone is really, uh, it's kind of interesting because I went to this list quite blind. Like Michael sent me a, like the list of links, so I listened to all the links before really reading anything. I thought this, because that guitar tone is so massive sounding, I thought this was like 10 years later than it was. Like, now I know it's 93, it's not wholly surprising, but I, I actually thought 
this was a far more contemporary album because they just nailed that tone so well. It's it's a very kind of like kind of primitive death metal album. Like I I love that they stick to that kind of like short three minute long songs, just really good riffs throughout. But yeah, like I, I really enjoyed this one for kind of being varied within that template. Like they're they they change pace a lot, and there's songs that get like really groovy. Like um emptiness is almost like a sludge metal riff. Like It's a it's a really weird one, and it's it's that lovely time when like a genre doesn't have that many rules, right? So they were cutting against the grain without even knowing it. That like there are moments where it starts to kind of feel almost like Entomb's death and roll phase, especially in like some of the earlier tracks, I think. Um, I could see how it would be tempting to like compare some parts of this to like Bolt Thrower because it kind of comes from that more uh, simplistic, but like with a lot of nuance in the riffing. Um, but I find it's like, I kept thinking of Napalm Death and like stuff like that at times too, because it has just this punky edge of, um, yeah, just like, very raw but also the ambition of like death metal is there you know like keyboards crop up at weird times <laughs> when you wouldn't necessarily expect it and i think it like it actually works really well and it's not that like you know it's not nocturnus keyboards where it's like very in your face and like laser sounds it's like that really delicate like shimmering uh kind of layer that comes through um I yeah love it. I, yeah, I think it really works as well, but it's quite funny. It doesn't happen to like the fifth track, and you're like, "Oh, in the writing process, did you guys like just suddenly hear like the Swedish death metal scene and be like, we'll take a bit of that like sort of keyboard sound, throw that because it's got some early Swedish death metal in the later tracks where it gets like a little bit more doomy, incorporates some more kind of melodic elements like that. Yeah, I, I felt those really worked, and it was how like the album kept me on my toes so much because. I wasn't expecting that curveball halfway through it. I I thought I'd pretty much got the measure of it from the first two tracks. Yeah, and I mean, I, like the the guitar solo on "Sadness to Come" too is just really like gorgeous guitar work that you wouldn't expect from this era of death metal. I guess you know because this is when I think of this time period, I still think of people like kind of plumbing the depths of brutality, right, and figuring out what you can draw out of that well of just being incredibly aggressive um but then like right in the midst of that time period you have this album which is just really strange and like trying some softer touches where you wouldn't expect it and yeah as as you said like the album kind of pivots about halfway through where it's in that like really really thick chuggy like almost gore fest type stuff in the beginning and then abruptly changes as you said to like some of that more melodic swedish sensibility style stuff um there's a lot of cool history as well for these these guys uh oh, yeah. the the record release show for the yeah th this is one that you can find a little more um like knowledge about i'm sure just because it's it's older and there are a lot of older folks in the scene that like will really rep this band um but so the record release show for this album was actually the first show that the Chasm ever played, um, which, wow. is, which is a super, super cool little nugget of history. Um, and it, yeah, it's funny. I, I have an affinity for these bands that like kind of got a shot in the 90s, but somehow didn't quite make it. Um, and these guys did tour with like Obituary and Rotting Christ. And uh, in 91, they toured with Napalm Death and Sadistic Intent. 
Um, so like they had some exposure there and clearly they like had some networking in the genre, but um, yeah, I hadn't heard of this album until 2020. Yeah, the, the, this this one was totally new to me, and and especially because it's an era I'm I'm obsessed with that like ninety two ninety three death metal sound is is my thing. I'm amazed I totally missed this one, but I think um, my sort of knowledge of anything south of the United States when it comes to death metal is is sorely lacking. Clearly, um, but yeah, this was this is like definitely up there as like if you like music from that era. This is quite an original one in that. Like, as I say, I, I I didn't think it was... I thought it was much more recent just because they kind of pulled it off so well. I don't know. Is it a remaster, the version we're listening to, or...? I believe the one is... Uh, so I actually have a CD copy of this that's definitely a remaster. Um, allegedly, the story is that um, it, it was only released on cassette, even though it was recorded to be released on CD because they somehow lost... Uh, the, the mix that was intended for CDs or something along those lines. I'm not the most knowledgeable dude about production. But um, but yeah, so I have... It, it's funny, I actually pulled out the little booklet for the first time today because I realized like I hadn't actually read it. Um, it's, it's just... It's so funny. Uh, it's a strange album. Their thank you list is even strange. Like, they think somebody that they've listed as gato, which means cat in Spanish. And it just <laughs> says, oops, sorry about your money. <laughs> <laughs> which, which i just i love like uh it's it's so fun to like find these old bands and just imagine what the hell was going on to like create this music and create the relationship that they had um i don't think i've mentioned it yet but this was the only the only thing that ever came out from these guys as far as i know um but it sounds like they might be becoming active again they were playing some shows in mexico and uh According to Metal Archives, the Funebrarum slash uh, Void Ceremony drummer just joined up with them. So it'd be really cool to hear something else from these dudes. Um, so I'm very hopeful. Yeah, like hopefully they are doing something more now. Because, yeah, I, I sort of looked up all the members. Not many people from this band ever went on to all that much else, which is kind of sad. Yeah, it's strange. Um, and I guess, yeah, since I mentioned the album cover for the first album and how great it was i should mention that i think this album cover is pretty trash uh, oh, it's, it's horrible like, it's, it's really it's, bad <laughs> it's bizarre it's just like a, a woman laying on the ground who looks in <laughs> mild distress um i mean the title is weird too i don't know what frost image is supposed to mean um, yeah I, I i'm quite perplexed by a lot because i haven't got the lyrics to it i yeah like a lot of the song titles are a little odd on this as well yeah, it, but it, it all kind of fits together with the sound, which is what I like. Like, everything that's kind of wrong about this album is actually a very honest indicator of, like, what its contents are. Um, and I think that that's just so fun. Yeah. 
but for the third album and another one that i that i don't know how to pronounce exactly is uh introtil or introtil um i'll spell that one out too it's i-n-t-r-o-t-y-l um the title is creation of insanity uh to me this this album just sounds like some straight up suffocation worship but with a lot of the insanity toned down right like it's almost as though i didn't know you could evoke suffocation so directly and have it feel very like straightforward um it it doesn't have structurally some of these songs have the weird changes in like the the weird hopping between riffs that like suffocation does but it doesn't have any of those like terrence hobb leads that you know go really insane um yeah there's no flashiness in this album like at all like, i don't don't think there even is leads on it like i think it's all rhythm stuff as far as i remember i think that's right um yeah and it's, it's so short too it's only like 24 minutes i think yeah um and, and for me i mean the the highlight here is just like the vocal performance is insane um and and i you know i don't grade women on a curve by any means but uh this this is an all all female band um and just the fact that how low she can go (laughs) (laughs) just blows my mind like there are times where it really sounds like frank mullen or like or even monstrosity era like corpse grinder like yeah (laughs) was kind of in the back of my head um just insane i'm curious what what did you think of the vocals yeah so i really enjoyed as you say the vocals are obviously what sells it because it's such a a kind of like rhythmic band otherwise like everything is rhythm and then the vocals are the one thing on top that's your kind of your sort of lead hook but they are so low and i think she does something really fun with this i don't know how much this was intentional of saving her super low voice for about 10 minutes in where you're like you kind of like i've got the measure of what what she sounds like and then suddenly she hits this new level of of low on i think the track regression was like oh fuck there's there's more like yeah it's it is like that kind of very polished modern death metal sound like it's ludicrously tight but you do have the kind of triggered sample replaced drums like if that's something's going to put you off you're not going to get this album but again yeah. like you're not going to make this sound work with if, yeah you couldn't do this with the first band's production like if the drums <laughs> were mixed like that this would sound abysmal <laughs> no yeah this would be absolutely horrible um yeah with that style of production um yeah and it's it it makes weird decisions it's one of those albums that initially like the first time you listen to it you you think you'd like just can you know digest and take the full measure of it really easily um but then like there's certain tracks like misanthropy and madness is one that i uh specifically wrote down just because like the core hook riffs in this album in this track like simultaneously remind me of like pestilence and morbid angel sometimes but like a weird confluence of the two um and i really do like how they have this this ability to kind of simplify some of the the like thornier aspects of death metal um like this one is it's it's almost like death metal easy listening or something it's (laughs) like 24 minutes it's super straightforward um as you said like the mix is done perfectly professionally um very clean uh and yeah it's just so so the vocalist name i i feel like i should shout her out directly uh carrie lovecraft is what she goes by <laughs> but uh 
Carrie Ramos, I believe is her full name. Um, this band also has one of the best, one of the most charming music videos I've ever seen. Um, that basically looks like somebody's just Instagram story about a vacation. I'm pretty sure it was taken while they were on tour. But, um, oh, fuck, I've missed this. <laughs> yeah, and it's like this very brutal music, you know? Like, they definitely have some of that, like, slammier New York death metal vibe. But the, it's they just look like four really happy, nice ladies out on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> With this, like, slamming music over the top of it, uh, which I just love. Um, that's incredible <laughs> would love to catch this band live um i hope i hope they get some like positive attention and not strictly because it's a it's an all-female band um i think that you know the merit is there regardless of of how you look at them oh totally they, this is as you say they, this is very polished like an, an interesting take on this genre as well because they've they the, it, it's like no frills whatsoever but they it, there's still something really brilliant there. It's just like, just going straight down the line. This is brutal death metal with nothing else added. Like that, it, it's very pure. That genre. And it, I think one of the things that often turns me away from a lot of like more brutal death metal, like Suffocation, and why I, Suffocation has always been kind of like a track for track band for me, is that it can get really overwhelming, and the kind of the the flashy. Um, like just sonic nature of it you know like brutal death metal can be a very show-offy genre <laughs> like there are a lot of there are big guitar egos in, in the <laughs> brutal death world and you just get none of that here which i like i i don't know what you could take out of this album and still have it like feel complete if that makes sense like at 24 minutes it is lean and you can tell that it is just like it's incredibly focused the vision on this thing yeah, and it looks like they did a lot of work leading up to this because they're they're they've been going for years, and this is their first like full length release. Like they clearly put the work in doing a shit ton of demos and EPs ahead of time, and just got their like absolute tightest twenty five for an album. Which, when it is this like kind of real meat and potatoes brutal death metal, it's perfect. Like I I don't need more than that. Like that is an incredibly enjoyable length for it. Yeah, absolutely. Just a just a great great album <laughs> it's one of those where you can kind of keep talking about it but it's it's one of those that who doesn't have 24 minutes you know you're listening to a metal podcast it's a 24 minute album you just got to go listen to it because i can pull comparisons out of my hat all day but it's just another very solid death metal album <laughs> Yeah. 
number four is uh, Remains, uh, is the band, and Chaos and Light is the uh, the album. Uh, this one might be my favorite that I came across. I know, so this was um, before we even talked about recording this podcast. Um, I know that this was kind of one of the first things that I had shared with folks because I was like, I'm finding some really cool stuff uh, <laughs> looking through a lot of Mexican bands. Um, yeah, this one, it has a real cold production to it. It's a death metal album. I should call that out at the top. Um, and, you know, similar to to the previous album we talked about, Entrado, it's, it's just very focused, I find. Um, like, I actually counted the riffs in the opening track at one point, and it was much less than I would have expected if you had, like, just asked me to, to guess how many there were, right? Um, to, to give a little more context just about, like, the sound and everything, there's certainly some, like, chasm influence in there in that it's, the songwriting can be pretty, like, ambitious and expansive, and there's a lot going on, like, between the two guitar tracks. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, it's another one that's almost a little hard to describe because it's just, you know, those death metal riffs that when you hear them, you just love them. Like, the, one of the riffs off of Eternal on this album is just a stonking riff that I can't get out of my head. Um, yeah, absolutely love this album. And it's a shame. I don't know if there'll be anything else to come from them um, necessarily. It seems like the main creative force behind this album passed away in 2019, which is a real shame. But um, but yeah, this I, if I would have known about this when it came out in 2019, it would have easily been on my list. So so to echo what you were saying, like I this was easily my favorite of the lot. Not to take away from the others, but this is one of those near the just perfect like like showcases of death metal riffing. Much like when I got into like I think you you the one who got me into the chasm recently, where you just you heard this, and you're like, holy fuck, this is just some of the best death metal riffing I've ever heard. These guys are a bit more condensed than The Chasm. Their songs are, like, a bit more to the point, but they have that level of, I don't know, like, incredible songwriting skill where just... I I, I could never hope to create one riff as good as, like, you know, the 20-odd brilliant ones they have on this album. And, yeah, uh, yeah, sadly, R.I.P. to uh, Miguel Angel, who... um, guitarist and vocalist and this died I think near enough when this album came out sadly so I think this that's that's like the end for remains like, but they've they've got a big career I, I need to delve back into after this like um this is their their fourth album so they they were active for quite a while and yet yeah, the the I just couldn't believe how good this one was like I, I'm finding it hard to describe why because it's just like there are these riffs and they're great <laughs> it's is more or less the answer and it's it's got it's a, it's in a funny place too where I I have a really hard time thinking of like a point of comparison for this because it doesn't sound like a lot of death metal but at the same time it's like you know it's certainly not in any sort of subgenre right like this is not brutal death metal it's not technical death metal um, maybe there are like tiny 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 elements of like some psychedelic influence cropping up but that is like really sparse. Um, but it, yeah, I'd say also just from the first riff, um, with like kind of the cold production and uh, the kind of like weird oscillating sound that this first riff has, it's one of those albums that you kind of know what it is the second it introduces itself. Um, like it's 
it has such a clear sense of identity, it feels like, that um, while everything is surprising, like in a good sense, I would say, in terms of like how many earworm riffs they managed to pull out of their bag, nothing feels like too surprising, but that's not, uh, I, I wouldn't count that as a strike against it. I think it just speaks to the insane consistency on this album. Um, I think that's a, another reason why it's a little hard to describe is just, like, how do you describe just how consistent an album is, right? Like, you really just have to put it on and realize, like, by track two when you're having a great time that it's like, yeah, and they sustain it to the end. This was one where there is a bit more history around it as well. Like, I, I was sort of looking up what various people involved have done, and it seems like this was a project of quite seasoned musicians. The drummer, whose name I've not made a note of, now plays in... Uh, uh, Hacker Vatis and also mm. in uh, Profanator um, and Timo's other band. So the, the remains clearly had some kind of closeness to um, to like kind of some of the other bigger bands in the scene. Also, the guy's family, like so, uh, Miguel, um, he, both his dad and brother are also like really yeah. well known death metal musicians in Mexico. Like they both have a string of bands to their names. And, and not many overlaps. Yeah, I, it really seems like this, there's like a familial dynasty <laughs> at yeah, play yeah. like in this. And and he himself was in, um, he's in Do of Nothing, uh, which is a, a, a great band, Ravenous Death, Grotesque Deity, and Dark Creed, which all four were very solid death metal bands. Um, and, that's, and that's aside from this project, which... To me, it feels like it's somebody's core project. Like, I can feel like you can always kind of tell when something is really being driven with, like, a lot of care and a lot of just intensity in the creative sense of, like, really giving yourself over to a project. And that comes across, like, very strong on this album. Um, yeah, it's a little hard to figure out, like, writing credits and stuff, but I I would assume that Miguel was, like, was putting a lot of time and effort into this. Yeah, yeah, totally. It, it does seem that well-crafted. Also, another one on this list which I really like the cover for, that kind of really strange, like, light blue and black pattern. Like, yeah, it, it just fits with this kind of, um, yeah, as you say, almost slightly psychedelic death metal, like this kind of very expansive, weird music. And it's got this, like, airy quality to it that is, like, kind of... It's it's hard to find. <laughs> I keep saying it, but it's hard to find a comparison for it. Um, at times, it almost reminds me of like the way that horrendous kind of chart into this more cold territory sometimes, where it's not so much the the like gut punch death metal, where they more you know kind of like they they add a lot of space to everything, and the riffs tend to kind of breathe rather than being you know just thrown at you one after the other um but you know they still don't sonically sound like horrendous though to me even though i think the like approach or angle that they're taking as they see death metal seems to be similar um but yet yeah, i think they're just in a league of their own on this album this is one i just i highly advise if you go and listen to anything off this podcast check out this remains album because it, it much like a band like the chasm it's that kind of like this is just really special and quite a unique take on the genre. Yeah. I just, I guess as a final thing, it's just like some really pretty melody, but not in like a melodic death metal sense. Um, I'm not a big melodic death metal guy, 
but I, but I like a riff that can kind of inject a little bit of tasteful melody. <laughs> but this is the thing, like with this band, like the drummer and like the vocalist make sure it will never sit in the melodic camp because the vocals are very guttural and low in places, and the drummer is very fast throughout most of this. His his, his performances is really intense, but it's like the guitars have that element of melody that keeps it in that, yeah, that that realm where there's still, like, a lot to latch onto other than just the brutal end of it. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they use some, like, some tricks that can often, like, lean toward cheesiness, and depending on how they're used. Um, but, like, like, on that first track, you know, uh, the way that Miguel pulls some, like, open chords on an upstroke, you know, to get that kind of shimmering effect... Like, I, that stuff can be really hit and miss for me, but it, it really adds, like, this shining element to their music. Um, definitely, like, a deeply spacey vibe, I would say, on this as well. I only forgotten is the band and uh it's mythos daimonium i believe um i've never said these out loud i'm realizing <laughs> like i'm i'm used to seeing these words and like thinking of them in association with something but i'm like wow what does that even mean um so this band shares a lot of dna with the chasm in fact i'm pretty sure it's just the chasm with uh daniel corchado removed um and that's and that's even he's not even really removed because it's on his label and I, it seems like he handled the production end of it. Um, and again, like, I think one of the things about this Mexican metal deep dive that I just absolutely love is that so many of these are actually strangely difficult to place into a genre. Um, like, you know, this is, this, my introduction to this, it was labeled as Death Doom, which feels applicable in a lot of the tracks. Um, but there is just such a clear, strong, melodic black metal influence on this. Um, it moves at a doomy pace. It kind of, the tracks evolve like doom tracks. But then there are times where it's like, wait a second, that's just like a straight up dawn riff, 
you know, like there's tons of like the Swedish melodic black metal that comes into it. This one again was was a very easy sell for me because like I'd say the band, like unsurprisingly for the band name Thy Only Forgotten, it shares most DNA with I think is Rotting Christ. Like it has that kind of, that sort of Rotting Christ like essentially slow take on black metal where, you know, it has the space, it's not wall-to-wall double kicks and snare, like it's, the drumming is often quite slow and it's very melodic and riffy while still being kind of a culty and esoteric. They've still got that sort of, it. I've, they're least listed on Metal Archives as melodic death metal, which is one of those, like, I just can't see them in their camp because much like the first band we covered, there's too much atmosphere, there's too much... Uh, as I say, like that that kind of Rossing Christ feel, like there's too much of that sort of real black metal energy to it, even if, yeah, in places like they have a very doom sensibility of like, there's this whole production that's quite doomy, like really thick guitar sound and really, really massive drums, like straddling a lot of genres here. I'm, I'm, I, I struggle to describe it beyond like, it sounds like really good middle era Rossing Christ worship. Yeah, yeah, and like the vocals, the vocals are so clearly pulled from that Greek black metal scene. Like I don't know anywhere else where there's like such a clear style of vocals. Where like Verathron, I think, and Ron and Christ were really the ones, at least in my mind, it seems like that kind of laid down that almost like chanting kind of snarly approach. Um, and it works great with this like kind of mid tempo to slow tempo stuff. Um, it, it, and similar to Rotting Christ, again, it has these, like, gothic flavors that crop up throughout. Um, but it's never, like, it's never overpowering. Um, it never starts to feel cheesy. It, it always kind of stays feeling convincingly dark, which I love about it. Um, I kept thinking about Catatonia when I listened to it, and not in the sense that it particularly sounds a ton like Catatonia, but in the sense that Catatonia was playing with black metal in in weird ways and kind of pushing that genre in some directions that like other people weren't. It kind of feels like that's a little bit of what's going on here and that while people are adding like death metal things obviously in a ton of black metal bands um, there aren't very many people out there saying like let's slow it down maybe add some like emotional depth and and really hone in on the atmosphere. Um, there's just a lot going on too. The instrumentation, like the actual writing itself is pretty straightforward, but like the drums are constantly doing little flourishes and these like almost jazzy moments where they kind of break the rhythm apart and then hold it back together again. Um, really nuanced stuff. This is the one I most feel like I, I haven't taken enough time to digest. Like I've given it like the requisite four listens and I'm really enjoying it, but I don't feel I've learned this album yet. Like. I think mean, there's a lot more depth to it, and it's quite a subtle one. It like it's something you listen to and just enjoy that kind of occulty atmosphere they're they're creating. But I think there's a lot more to be gained from it. Also, yeah, you mentioned the vocalist having like that simile like Greek kind of approach to it. Yeah, he's a really fucking odd vocalist. Like this is like they're, like such a unique scream. I I can't think of another vocalist. He sounds like a, a, a kind of equivalent to like he's maybe similarly technique wise but there's something about his delivery that is very very odd i think maybe it'd be off-putting for some listeners but i think i don't know it gives the album a real 
a real unique flavor for me having that sort of and it, and it pairs well with the atmosphere too i think like there's a really strong feeling on this album that it's like two people that were like obsessively reading some lovecraftian forbidden knowledge book or something you know and then went insane and then they wrote this music to try to like express the experience or something um and that's that's another funny element to it is that it it doesn't f it's it's very expansive in terms of atmosphere and it has a pretty big sound to it but it really feels like it's driven by just two people like if it, like the guitar is there the vocals are there and the drums are there and it, it doesn't really feel um like there's a ton at the table despite the fact that there are like there are keyboards and there are tons of flourishes on each of the instruments um but yeah, it just, it feels focused and like it was an obsessive project. And it's so cool. It's got that like sort of chasm connection. Plus as well, like it's an old, like again, it's another album I thought was way more contemporary than it is. It's back from 2009, which I like to think is recent, but is actually, you know, 12 years back now. And, and I think actually embracing that kind of, this kind of take on black metal at that point in time is certainly not a trend chasing thing. That's like, I, this style has only sort of been getting attention, I think, since about 2015, I think Rotten Christ started finally becoming a band people really cared about again. And um, yeah, so it's really interesting that where they were taking influence from at that point in time, much like, you know, their other band, The Chasm, were doing stuff with death metal way before that would that would blow up again. You know, like they started like early 2000s, right? Um it's just like yeah just definitely never quite on the like on the trend to get picked up but if you look back now and this sound is a bit more popular i think if they came out of an album like this today yeah i i imagine this would get a lot of attention um and it's on all of these bands like the the through line with this is that they just all have like some some angle that makes them hard to place into a category and i always wonder if that's just because they had limited access to certain media right so they were kind of pulling from a more limited pool which created more like focused inspiration um but yeah like a band like this uh that i only forgotten like where else can you go and say like these people are trying to do something similar like rotting christ i guess is really the only band i can think of and it's not all of rotting christ either like there's kind of specific albums and phases that this evokes um yeah absolutely love it and and similar to you I feel like I still have a lot to digest on this. It's one of those albums that's a little hard to hold in your head. Like, even when I'm finished listening to it, it kind of goes away pretty quickly. Um, but I wouldn't consider that a knock against it. It's just a very hypnotic, uh, atmosphere-leaning album. So you really just kind of have to sink into it and, and let it take over for its duration. That, that's uh, thy only forgotten uh and the album's Mythos Demondium. It's their only album, so it's, it's easy enough to find. Yeah, yeah, and it is up on, um, it's up on Bandcamp. Pretty easy to find.
number six is a dark side ritual relics of tyranny um another death metal one this is a pretty death metal heavy list um but but i also would say that's i think that's fairly representative of, of the scene down there a lot of it leans death metal um you know similar to remains i think this is a hard one to put in any existing metal category i hear i i've seen and heard people refer to this as technical death metal um I don't know if I would classify it that way. I think it has the ambition uh, and like kind of the the playfulness that some technical death metal has in the sense that like they're they have a lot of weird pivots in these songs um, and they use some unorthodox chords, but it's still pretty straightforward to my ears. It it doesn't have like a an overbearing sense of like musicianship to it. Like I still think this is pretty core classic death metal um, at the end of the day. Um, probably the most notable thing about this to me, aside from the fact that it's, it's got a lot of quite memorable riffs to my ears, is that it's just bizarre production. Uh, the vocals are strangely dry, and and they're easy to pick out, but they sit in an odd place in the mix where it sounds like it was almost recorded in two separate rooms where they had a mic where the band was playing and, and where the, the vocals were. It, obviously, I'm sure that is actually how they... <laughs> recorded it but but usually that blending is done a little bit better um but i love like where the bass sits in this album in particular because it's i i think we were talking about this just the other day but really bass heavy death metal uh when they when they put it somewhere where it's really easy to find in the mix sometimes that can be really overbearing to me um and i i don't appreciate it but this is, it's its up front and it's present, but it's not like super in your face. It's just easy to go looking and finding the bass if you want to listen for it. Yeah, it's far from the atheist thing. You don't have that kind of like bass doing like some crazy jazz melody. It's like he will just have these quite subtle, tasteful counter melodies to the guitar every so often will come in and you just be like, oh, that was a really nice bit of bass in there. I'd say, yeah, Tech Death's a weird descriptor for this. Like, what I really got from it was like, it starts off with some more traditional death metal stuff and then it's kind of like death metal where every so often they throw in some really dissection, like, open chords. Yeah. Like, there's some very black, like, Swedish black metal chords coming every so often. But it just creates kind of like a a very dark atmosphere for the whole thing. It's a very it's a very foreboding death metal album, which again, another one where it fits nicely with that really dark cover the album's got. It yeah, it just had a it had a real vibe to it. I, I yeah, I really liked. Main issue with it is the production is yeah. weird. It like the it's got full blown like middle era Christian triggered kick drums, which was like when I f- and they're really loud on the first song. They kind of they're less noticeable later tracks, but like at first bit I was like, oh, this might be a sticking point. But actually, once I got used to it, that's kind of fine. And as you say, the vocals, the vocals almost sound like they're peaking the mic he's recording into. There's like another yeah. like almost separate distorted track going along with them which again you would think would ruin this but actually it kind of sounds cool like it it does sort of work but it takes you a couple of listens to go right okay like i'm i can accept what this band are doing and it seems like this was like where i could find people discussing this album it does not seem like it is widely received well like a lot of people really were dogging on this but i found like and I, I skipped off the surface of it, actually, the first time. I listened through, and I was like, there's no way this will end up on the list. Um, 
I didn't remember remember specifically what made me go back to it, but um, there's a weird moment when I was listening to the track opener, um, the the album opener, I mean, which like has has a really strong, almost like poppy chorus to it, with like a, a vocal refrain that keeps coming back with him saying like blood is universal language, like they really use this as like a vocal hook, and the the guitar line underneath it. Like, if you didn't have screeching vocals and, you know, metalish drums going on, it's like almost an indie rock kind of chorus line. Uh, like, and, it, and the track kind of bounces back and forth between these um, kind of spastic riffing and then just segments where it's like, and now we're going to sit on these three power chords and really, like, let the vocals just kind of drive the chorus on this. Um, and, and once I started, it, like, kind of picking out that strange songwriting thing they had going on there um and a lot of like really hooky riffs it's i started to enjoy it more um and yeah as you pointed out the 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 drums i really do hate the way the drums sound on this (laughs) album um and it is bizarre that it's just like the production changes like halfway through um and multiple times changes i get the sense that this maybe was like somebody's first production experience or job and at some point, you know, they just kind of were like, we just need to get this thing out. We just need to release it, <laughs> um, which is totally fine. And it, it certainly was recorded over like multiple sessions and they definitely were not like keeping their same settings. You know, nobody was like taping down knobs or anything on this because track to track, it can sound quite varied. So in the defense, Dark Side Ritual, this this album, Relics of uh, Tyranny is from 2020. Their first album is 2018. They are a very new band. But yeah, honestly, this has the sound to it of an album where they're in a studio that sucked and had to run with like half their material to another guy to get it finished kind of thing. Like it's, it has got a weird vibe, but that doesn't detract from the, the writing of it is really great. And it, it kind of is what pulled me back in over all those kind of quirks. I was like, no, this is, this is very well crafted and and lots of interesting ideas I just wouldn't have expected in a lot of these songs, particularly that use of like the black metal-y chords every so often in quite traditional death metal riffs. I'm like, that's a cool idea. I really like that. Yeah, just tons of good ideas in one of those albums where you can tell this isn't the best form of what they're going for yet, but, um, but damn, do you just like root for them listening to this? Because when it's brilliant, it's extremely brilliant. And some of the riffs that stick in my head um, are some of the catchiest, I think, of all the albums on this list. And it, I have just such a strong sense of, like, if they get in the studio and they get it absolutely right, it'll be fantastic. And similar to some of the other bands we've talked about here, like, very focused. Another just, like, 26 minutes long, I believe. Um, there's not much fat to trim here at all. Uh, if, if the production was just working with this album rather than, like, kind of... You know, it's not working against it either. It's just, it's like somebody put a production on this without really minding it a whole bunch. I'm sure they were like crunched on time or money. Um, I hope they get the resources in their hands that they deserve because I think that there's like, there's a lot of value here. Really impressed me for what it is. Like, I, I think these guys are capable of making a really masterful album. And and this one is still well worth people's time. It's just, I think Dark Side Ritual's best work is probably ahead of them still. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is a this is a, a green shoots album, you know, so to speak.
Um, so this is a debut album uh, by a band called Apocalypsis. Um, yeah, so Apocalypsis by Apocalypsis. This is, um, I think I mentioned earlier that I, there were multiple times where I'd said I was done adding to this list. Um, I'm not going to check out anything new. And I realized I really hadn't looked at anything that was kind of in the more like punkish or sludgy um, avenue, even though there's like, there's definitely some bands doing that stuff down there. Uh, like, I think the, the most obvious point of comparison for this is Isis. Um, it's, it's certainly in the post-metal um, with that like weird hardcore influence that some of those bands have, like early Neurosis. Um, but yeah, I, this is a very emotionally striking album, I think. It's instrumental, which makes it very impressive, I think, the depth that they managed to extract. It goes a lot of places, um, and while it, it, it never sounds unlike itself, like, it's it's very much... This is probably the easiest one to place into a genre on this list, in my mind. It's firmly in that kind of atmospheric sludge slash post-metal vein, um, but I don't like a lot of that stuff. I find it to be, like, kind of cold or just boring at times, um, but this, I think that they... This might be one of the best... Um, like versions of this style I've actually ever heard for my money. Yeah, so the the band it put me in mind of, one from the local scene I'm obsessed with called Segvera, who do a similar thing of this very, um, just really well-written instrumental, like post-metal or whatever you want to call it, but but where it's like, and what Apocalypse have even over those guys is it's so riffy and immediate. Their drummer is this brilliant presence throughout where Insane. you just saying like the the guitarist is doing these cool big riffs that's your atmosphere and then every gap in between them every held chord he's doing some amazing fill to bring the next thing in or just these amazing little snare rolls yeah it, he gives the album such a drive and like like really kind of punishing as you say almost hardcore sensibility despite it being very very atmospheric and obviously created for that purpose yeah, so um, you sent me two links with this. I initially yes. got the album. Um, I think it's, I think this one's one of the couple on here that's just totally. I think this might be the one where you you have to download it for free. They like one of yeah. two bands on here refuses to charge, and I think it was these guys. So well worth picking up, like it, even if it's not your usual genre. But yeah, this like I listened to it as just the instrumental piece a couple of mm -hmm. times and just fell in love. But then finding they've got this movie to go along with it. It's it's insane. Um, like, it, this this accompanying movie, which very clearly is edited precisely to this album. Like the the parallel between like what's sonically going on and the visuals on this video are, it's it's some of the most like tethered multimedia I think I've ever seen. Um, the video I know was done by I I, ooh, I really hope I get her name correctly now, but I believe it was Michelle Garza. I want to say was her name. Something along those lines. Um, she's a visual artist out of Mexico City. Uh, I actually reached out to her to find out if there's a higher resolution copy of this somewhere because I found it so profoundly um, just like affecting. It's, it's a very difficult watch, I would say. Um, oh, it's intense, yeah. Extremely intense. Uh, and it, it, it very much mimics the music. I think one of the things that's, that's a real triumph on this album is just the pacing. Um, they have a really keen sense of when they can like dial it down to a more soft, like clean tone space, but it never sits there too long, which I like, you know, there's always something 
pretty crazy and riffy around the corner with them. Um, but it does like let you breathe, which I think given the emotional content in like both the music itself and the video is like uh, very appropriate and smart that they do that. Um, very hard to find info on this band in my experience. Yeah, so for, for um, listeners trying to look this up, um, there is another Apocalypsis on Metal Archives from Mexico, or a, a, a power metal band from the ACs, um, so not those guys. Um, and the album is titled the same thing as the, it's the self-titled album, so it's a bit of a, a you're going to have to trawl a bit to find this, but it, you should be able to get there through, through Google. Um, but yeah, like if not, if you really struggle, send me a message and I'll send out the link. But yeah, they've just not done themselves many favors with that naming. But no, they haven't at all, and they, which is a shame. They have another album as well that um, that I've been meaning to check out. But um, yeah, I think one of the other things to really call out about this is like their use of dissonance is really deft. Like they're they're really clever with how they use dissonant chords on this. There are times where, like, given the the kind of harrowing video that this is paired with and just how, you know, just how intense it is, that there are moments where that dissonance almost reminded me of, like, Deathspell Omega. And not that it sounds particularly like them, but just in how they were doing such a good job of taking those moments to really highlight, like, uh, emotional moments, you know, uh, like that's, I think what I loved most about Paracletus when I listened to that album was it felt like they were doing weird things, but they're very precise with how they were using them. Um, and this, this album has that, but then it can also slip into like, there, there are segments on here that just sound like discharge <laughs> almost. Uh, it's, it's really all over the place without ever like losing a sense of identity, which I think is really, really impressive. Um, I would I would love to see them perform this music to the video. I assume that's probably what they were doing when they were performing this live, if I had to guess. So we, we have a local venue called the Cube Cinema where I've seen I've seen that band Segvera who I reference having a similarity in sound. Um and they played a full set to an amazing video piece like this. And it's it's an incredible experience because that's an actual working cinema. And having this projected behind a band like this at a sit-down show like that would be fucking incredible. And then the whole way, as soon as I saw the video, because the video is so good, it has this stuff like, in the opening three minutes, there's scenes of people marching that sync with the snare drum. Like, they are marching in time with the band, and it, it uh, seeing that sunk up live would be utterly incredible. And yeah, that's the thing, because they're a Mexican band, the odds of that ever happening for me are very unlikely, but I really want it. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I'm. I'm certainly going to keep an eye out if these guys ever crop up in uh, anywhere near me. Yeah, and it, I. I feel like this album feels so focused and directed that I'd be remiss. I feel like if I didn't at least mention that, like, it's an intensely political album despite being instrumental. Like this video, it's very, it's impressively pointed for something that has no spoken content to it. Right, like the, the juxtaposition of like happy Americans at home, and then pictures of, like, you know, Vietnam and bombs exploding. And then you have uh, the hardest segment to watch, I think, is, like, the factory farming scenes that they use. Oh, yeah, um, that's tough. And it, it's just really clear that this is pulling from that classic hardcore political sensibility, um, but doing something different with it, uh, kind of, like, 
one of those great examples of when like punk and metal meet and get along in a project and make something really pointed and uh, pretty beautiful. I love it. I think it stands perfectly fine on its own. Like you, I was introduced just through the audio first um, and kind of instantly took to it. Uh, but yeah, the, the video is just, it's a, like a triumph <laughs> and it only has like 600 views on YouTube. Like it is not <laughs> yeah. and two comments, one of which is me being like, this is amazing. Is there a higher resolution copy somewhere? <laughs> it is really, really strange that it is so underground because this is so good. And I wonder, is it something where them being instrumental is, is somewhat the reason, the barrier to entry for people, but if you're not normally someone listens to instrumental music, don't let that put you off. This is so engaging. Like, there, I my attention never slipped with this. Like, it was, yeah, I was glued to it from the second I started. And then when you add the video element in, it's like, okay, this is just genuinely brilliant art. Like, it's yeah, it's kind of next level. I think I've, it's fairly early on in the video, but um, I I like the video from the from the very beginning. But there's a specific moment where it like cuts to some dark footage of like. Uh, like a anti-aircraft gun like firing off it is as with the marching it is synced so well with the snare rolls that he's putting in uh it's just like yeah it's it's such a total experience all of it put together um more people need to experience it if these dudes are out there like i hope they're still active they're not on metal archives or anything i don't know if they're not metal enough to be on there or or what but um but yeah, go go to Bandcamp, get this. They <laughs> feel you're right. They won't let you pay for it. <laughs> it is free. Go go and enjoy it. Like they've they've put it out there for everyone to enjoy. So please go download Apocalypsis, Apocalypsis.
so the final one is an EP, uh, Do of Nothing. And I, man, this one's tough to pronounce. I think it's double, <laughs> double yard. Um, it's D O U B L E U E I R D. Um, in some places, it's just spelled double weird. Like I've seen it on Bandcamp spelled that way. Um, and yeah, it, so a primary reason why I put this on there is that this band is just very well connected to a lot of other bands. There's there's a direct connection to Remains. Um, their 2015 album, Outsider, I believe, is the one that had Miguel uh, and Hell on it. Or, or, or it might have been this EP. I'm not sure. He, he plays on this as well, yeah. Ah, uh, gotcha. But yeah, the, the main reason for including this was it's just I don't know if I've ever found a band with a more schizophrenic identity. Um, this is a re-recording of a 96 album that was very much more in the like melodic death metal zone. And then they re-recorded um, only a selection of tracks off of it for this, which was released, is it, I believe, 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, and it's like, it, it, they leaned into more of like a necrophobic, almost like dissection-y vibe on it. And, and this is only three years after their 2015 album, which I originally had on this list, which is just like straight up melodic death metal um admittedly like a little different it's not in flames or anything like that it's much more um and like yeah, it's a it's a obscure poll but if anybody's familiar with like me gauss from um pennsylvania in the u.s it's like more melody in like that kind of sense um yeah so that's part of why i pulled this was just i think it's such a interesting story and a fun thing to chart their discography this is the one band where i did listen to everything because I had kind of sampled around because it, it seemed like they were important to the scene through their connections and that this original um, recording was actually pretty influential. But really what locked it up for me was just that like, if you want to go see a band doing a lot of different sounds well and like never settling on one, this band seemingly is just bouncing around. Um, and from what I understand, their newest album is just like straight up black metal with not much death metal in it at all. Yeah, this is a bizarre one, because they're one of those bands, um, kind of like Sarcasm, where I talked about um, on the last episode, where they had like a bit of an interesting career and like didn't really get enough out, and then suddenly reformed like 2015, and are like the world's most active band, where they have this really like stacked set of releases in the last couple of years. So yeah, I only went in for this one, and yeah, as you say, it is... It is a ride because there is so much, there is so many different riffs and ideas. Like it starts off, you're like, okay, I think I've got this, but no, it never sticks with one thing. And it's all given this really harsh production. Like the mix of it is so in your face. So like you have to pay attention to like all the weird changes they're throwing at you because just absolute sledgehammer of a mix this one yeah it just punches you in the face and like and in so many different ways too um like it's it's aggressively like black metal in some ways in the production which is hilarious because the 96 version of this kind of has that like scene attack or blood soaked to like just stupidly fat in the mix like guitars that all blend together where it sounds like it's like a hundred different tracks um mixed down to one but but yeah, and then they and then they changed it into this thing and and threw away some of the tracks. I assume because I they just didn't like them anymore or they didn't work for this new direction they were going in. Um, but no other band have have I ever listened to and just gotten more of a sense of like there is a ton of enthusiasm in this, 
potentially to the degree that like they don't know who they want to be <laughs> and i find that like quite charming actually uh and and they're they're one of those bands too that have just had like a ton of members come in and out um don't know what that's about but a lot of people have had their hands on this project yeah it seems like someone's steering is such that like they're having these constant lineup changes but getting a release out with every every lineup so i don't know whether it's like right i've booked studio time you're there or you're not or i'm getting someone else or something like that but yeah it, it seems it seems very well done i really like the vocal performance i think that's what firmly put it in a black metal camp for me this guy has this very traditional um like again a, a very swedish black metal like great snarl to him and with that mix he's so in the middle of it and like he's the thing that really grabbed my attention straight away yeah it really just has the feeling of like somebody like they recorded in 96 when they were like loving what cenotaph and like early the chasm uh was doing and then they heard swedish black metal and were like oh man this kicks so much ass and then they heard like the 2015 album is a weird one um it's certainly like death metal with a lot of melodicism, but it's not, I, I know I've already said this, but it's not like Gothenburg scene type stuff, right? Like it's, it's never that pretty and it never kind of has the like thin layer of cheese that some of that stuff has. It, um, it almost has that, like that more modern immortal kind of melodicism to it where it's like pulling from kind of almost like Manowari type places, right? Where it's, it's melody, but it's always very thick, and they're not doing, like, a ton of... There's no, like, twin lead, uh, like, winkery going on or anything. Um, but, yeah, it's... And, and, I mean, there's only that one album to document that phase of their, uh, their like, creative journey. Um, and from just the little bit that I sampled of their newest album, it, it sounds very much in, like, the necrophobic line of, like, there's there's some threads of death metal in there, but they seem pretty committed now to this like black metal direction and that kind of makes sense because it almost feels like this this is then like despite it being a re-recording stuff this is kind of the transition between the two albums but it comes off very well like i i as I say, you, you've got to be ready for that punch in the face you're going to get when it starts but like once you settle in with it it's, it's really well written I, I really enjoyed it very well written um you would you would just never guess that the like bones of these tracks were assembled back in 96 too like i think there there's some pretty significant changes um and obviously like i'm certain there was a lot of growth in that period for them um but yeah just just taking an old album and then really reworking it and saying like this is who we were and then now this is like a signpost of who we are now um is, is such a cool thing that i wish like more bands did um but yeah, it's a punch in the face. That is absolutely true. And it's oddly like repetitive lyrically. I don't know. I never really looked up the lyrics or anything, but um, like they, they'll just repeat individual lines so many times in, in some songs. It's quite strange. Uh, this one is like, it's hard to find on Bandcamp because they're also one of those Bandcamp bands that has like three different profiles spread across labels and themselves and one of them is like black text on a black background so you have to like highlight the entire page to actually find the buy link <laughs> like there's a real shaky sense with this band that they're like half in on everything uh that i kind of like because despite how much they bounce around and despite how like confused the focus feels sometimes uh it's just really quality it's still very good 
and you can't fault them for not being enthusiastic. Like they are clearly like they clearly want to get this music out to everyone. Just maybe haven't found the best route just yet. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'll be eager to see what they what they do in the future if they abruptly like go back to their 2015 sound and do this kind of stripped down melodic thing. Um, yeah, I would I would highly recommend checking that one out. It has some great great groove to it. Um, like almost some bolt thrower like head bobbing moments to it, which is strange because there's none of that in this ep <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah so for listeners that's due of nothing due spelled d-e-w um yeah because it's it's a weird name <laughs> yeah everything about him is weird the album cover is weird too it looks like it's like a, a nymph or a fawn or something like it's just bizarre just bizarre i don't know what they're going for but i really like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they they will continue to surprise me with this stuff, I believe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh so yeah, that's the that's the seven. Right, so um to wrap us up, uh so Michael got re much like Donovan before, Michael got really into this idea and not only did he give me a list of these these like seven albums and an EP to go through, there is also a subsidiary list I never got to, so um because I, I assume for many listeners, like a lot of this will be new to you like it is to me. I thought it'd be funny if you just give us a quick rundown of some other cool bands or albums from the scene you found so far then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of put these in like coarse little buckets. Um, oh, actually, but before I do that, um, just just labels that I think, uh, you know, if you want to if you want to check out more of this stuff, um, I would look into Lux Inframundus Productions. Um, that's the one actually run by, uh, the dude from the chasm, Daniel Corchado. So that one's like pretty visible. Um, so even though you probably won't know how to spell it because of its crazy name, just go look at some chasm albums and they're released on that. Um, American line is also a great one. Uh, a lot of the CDs that I ordered for this like little project, this guy was directly asking me how I liked them and was getting on with them. He just seems like a really friendly, (laughs) enthusiastic dude. Um, and then there's also Concreto Records and uh, Chaos Records. So, so those are the ones based out of Mexico that seem to be putting out the most quality stuff. Um, apologies to the ones I missed. Okay, so for the actual bands, um, let's see. There's about three indigenous-inspired ones that I really liked. Uh, Acrania, which is like a jazzy thrash thing. Um, it's like atheist, but sometimes with really happy melodicism. It's very strange. Uh, Chemican or Semican is also a good one in that vein. Uh, that's spelled C-E-M-I-C-A-N. And then uh, my favorite is there's a death metal album with tons of indigenous instrumentation by a band called Michlan, uh, which is M-I-C-T-L-A-N. Uh, that one's great. So for straight up Oh, you sent me that one before. That's really good. It's really good. And you can, one of the things to call out, you can still find CDs of this stuff. Some of it was like released only on 300 cd runs but they're just still out there because people haven't been paying attention to this stuff um if you're really into the old school death metal stuff that's going around i'd highly recommend uh, grotesque deity demonic manifestation and zombification uh those are great ones if you like thrash metal um infernal conjuration it's fantastic and then uh the, one of their most prolific bands out of mexico is this band called trans metal and i would highly recommend their uh, El Infierno del Dante album, which is about Dante's Inferno, and it has Glenn Benton vocals on it, actually, interestingly enough. I don't know how he cropped up on this album, but he did. Uh, 
And then uh, if, if you like like DRI kind of thrashcore stuff or municipal waste, um, there's a band called Girabos from the 90s that is just amazing. Um, I got really hooked on them because they have a track called, uh, what is it? What's the correct order? I think it's Todos Somos Criminales, which just translates to We Are All Criminals, which I love. <laughs> and that is very much the energy that they put across. It's got kind of a Pantera e bounce to it. Um, really great stuff. Uh, and then as far as black and death metal stuff goes, uh, check out Ravager and Denial. Denial is one of the biggest sounding records I've ever heard in my life. And they have some almost uh, demilic riffs at times. So really love that. And then the last one I'd recommend uh, kind of in the Doom camp is this band uh, Argentum. Uh, I forgot to write down. They only have one, no, two albums. Um, I don't remember the title. I forgot to write it down here, but their debut is the one that I would check out. It's very strange. It's kind of in that disembowelment vein. Um, it's heavily, heavily emphasized. Uh, it's, sorry, it's heavily emphasized on the, uh, the like lead guitar and keyboard tracks there. It almost sounds like if the doors abruptly were like, <laughs> let's record a funeral doom album and put a shit ton okay. of guitar solos all across it. Uh, the mix is bizarre. I think it's a really hard one to love which is why I left it off. But um, if you're just looking for something weird that's a, a cool relic of the 90s, go check out Argentum. And that's uh, awesome. That's my my supplementary suggestion. Oh, well, thanks so much for doing all that research, Michael. That is that is an incredible list to go through. Definitely post this. I'll be checking out a lot of those bands because this is all totally new to me, as I said. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I want to I w- I finish out that list that I had sent you over, so I, I may do that and post it at some point. Um, and, you know, really the final note for me to go out on is just, like, check out Mexico. Holy shit, there's so much good stuff. Like, I'm sure there's stuff I missed. There's plenty of stuff I didn't even mention in that list I just prattled off that I really enjoyed. Um, it's all great, and much more of it than I ever would have expected has some, like, strange angles to it. Uh, so check it out. It's a, it's a very vibrant scene. Yeah, well, thanks so much for bringing that together. And um, as I say, like a lot of these we've probably messed up the pronunciation of and if you're having trouble find them just get in touch with me you can find me on facebook phil's breakfast metal at breakfast metal on twitter or email us at phil's breakfast metal at gmail.com uh michael would you like people to follow you or you're not bothered i mean you can if you want to <laughs> i think if you just search <laughs> my name on on twitter you can find me uh it's michael t-h-o-t is my last name um i think my handle is real dan quail because if, if people are unfamiliar, I was a real stupid U.S. vice president back in the day. Um, but yeah, feel free to follow me. I don't have anything else to promote. I'm just uh, a metal enthusiast. And thanks for giving me the chance to chat about this. Uh, my girlfriend thanks you for taking some of that off her plate. She doesn't even listen to metal. I've just been prattling on about Mexican bands like nonstop to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, glad, glad I could, could be of service. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um... Yeah, and thanks a lot for listening. I'm a fry. I'm a fry.